course, not just the young people. But hey, if you know 11 pluses, get them to church, get them to these programs, and let's enjoy what God is doing. Isn't that exciting? Why don't you put your hands together for the Lord? And I should mention our children's church is exploding as well in the process. So it's all, it's all good. God is good. All right, I've got a few minutes. Uh, this service sometimes seems a bit of a rush, but never mind. We do our best. have to head off to the city shortly. But Holy Spirit, we're just so thankful for all that you're doing by your Spirit among us. We don't take one blessing for granted. And Lord, we give you all the thanks, all the praise, and all the worship. Lord, it's your goodness and your hand. And Lord, we so need you in our lives. We so need you in our services. And we welcome you right now as we come to your precious word. And we say, Holy Spirit, would you give us a rhema? Would you speak to us from heaven? Would you cause every person in this place, God, to capture something of the breath of God, speaking to them personally and individually, and Lord, to us as a church as well, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Everyone said, one of the really important principles I've understood in life is that where your attention goes, the power flows, power of God flows. So for example, where your energy in life goes, that's where you're going to do well. So if your energy, your attention goes into doing well in a career or studies or that kind of thing, you'll probably do quite well there and be successful. For other people, their attention goes more on their marriage and their family and their kids. And if you do that, you'll probably do well and succeed in that area. For other people, they may give attention to fitness and health and eating right and and they'll do well in that area. And hopefully you do the whole lot. But where your energy goes, the power flows. Now, the thought I want to get at here is as Christians, if your attention is only on Jesus as Savior, all right, you'll get to heaven, but you may struggle to walk a victorious life. If your attention is mostly on healing, then for sure you will see healings and you need to do that. If your attention is maybe more on the teacher, Jesus as a, on the Word of God and the, Jesus as a teacher, you'll probably end up with great Bible knowledge. Where your attention goes, the power flows. Now, your energy, you may, be, have, may go on the whole era of character and holiness and, you know, uh, living a righteous life. Of course, we should do all of those, but some people have an attention on a specific area, and of course, they'll probably, hopefully, develop real Christ-like character. <clears throat> but Jesus is more than just a savior. He's more than just a healer. He's more than just a sanctifier. He's also a breaker, meaning he's a God of supernatural power. Not that those other things don't require supernatural power, but he's a God who can break through in impossible situations. And this is part three of Master of Breakthroughs. So here's my question to you. Where does your attention go, especially in a Christian setting in the biblical setting, because we need to focus on all these areas. You know, we need to see Jesus as Savior, as teacher, as healer, as sanctifier, but also as breaker, because then we will experience all of those things in our lives. So we give attention to each and every one of these areas. Uh, God has wired you and me with the ability to make breakthroughs. Micah 2.13, the breaker Messiah will go up before them. They will 
breakthrough. How many of you know Jesus is a breaker? He can break through what seems impossible. You may be facing something today that no one else that you know of has broken through. Don't let that discourage you because God has broken through everything possible. He can overcome every obstacle in our lives. He is the master of breakthrough. So let faith rise in your heart. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. See, Jesus is the breaker and the breaker lives in you. Is that right? The breaker lives in me. And I think that breaker in us is wanting to break out in a greater measure than ever before. Church Unlimited, I believe, is called to break through, as I think most churches are. But we have a breakthrough anointing, which means that you have a breakthrough anointing. And as we've been sharing, we've broken through in a lot of areas over the years as a church, and we want to continue to break through. When one breaks through, that's the prophetic word we've been given, is that we'll break through territory, Holy Ghost territory, and others will be able to follow after us. Some of you will remember the four-minute mile. People have been trying to achieve, uh, you know, running in less than four minutes since the days of the ancient Greeks. In fact, the Greeks, what they would do is they'd have lions to chase the runners, so they would break the four-minute mile barrier, but it still didn't work. So they tried drinking tiger's milk. Has anyone here ever drunk tiger's milk? No, no one here. I didn't think that would happen in this place. So for over a hundred years, everyone believed it. They said the bone structure was wrong. It was inadequate lung power. Uh, everything was made it impossible for this happen, for this to happen. But then one man proved all the doctors, all the trainers, the athletes, and millions of runners wrong. Roger Bannister broke the four-minute mile. And do you know what the amazing thing is? They say within about a year, was it? Within a, yeah, within a year, 37 other runners did the same. And soon hundreds of runners were breaking the four-minute mile. So what happened? It took one person to break through. And that released, I guess, in a sense, a, a faith and ability in, in hundreds of others that they also could breakthrough in that situation. And so God, I believe, wants the church of Jesus Christ. He wants us to break through more and more, even in situations that maybe we've not seen previously. I just have the sense that God has got a whole lot more in the realm of the Spirit and the realm of the, the church advancing uh, tremendously across the nation and across the globe. He's got realms of breakthrough for you and us to enter into. And it's when one breaks through, it's like a whole lot of others can follow through. But often it needs a breaker to lead the way. And God wants us to continue to break through in uncharted waters. You know, we have no idea as a church what God might do next. And you have no idea what God might do next for you as an individual. How many of you have been surprised by what God does in your life? I mean, it's, it's just, I just find it staggering. <clears throat> and I'm sure it's true for many of us here today. I find myself doing things today that I never in my wildest dreams imagined God might lead me to do. And uh, I think there's two keys to this. One is, and a really important key is that the first one is a total surrender to God. You know, it's a surrender to His will. And secondly, to be led by the Holy Spirit. You know, we just got to be careful when we're wanting to break through that it's not ambition. You know, it's not ego. 
It's not self-promotion. You know, God forbid that's wrecked churches historically in our nation. We've got to be led by the Holy Spirit. We've got to let God show us what He wants to do in and through our lives. And when you are surrendered to the will of God, and I can't really stress that enough, And when you are led by the Holy Spirit, I believe it opens up possibilities in in God that are surprising and that are amazing. Never try and strategically plan your future. (laughs) Maybe in some areas you need to do that, but allow the Holy Spirit, give Him leadership, give Him direction. Who would ever have believed that Church Unlimited would now be in Kaitaia. Did anyone have that on their radar? I mean, no way in the world, not even Whangarei, should that come to pass. Uh, Not even really the city, maybe there was a bit more of a possibility, but they were never on the radar, they were never in the planning. This is the hand of God. This this is uh, the the work of God. This this is uh, the Lord expanding and extending. And I think as we're led by the Spirit, we just don't know what what God will do next. And that's what I find the most exciting thing about being a follower of Jesus Christ. You don't know what's around the corner. But you know the good news is you can't see around the corner, but your God can. And He can get you ready for what is around the corner. So the breaker's anointing speaks of force, might, and energy. I want you to come with me to Matthew 11 and verse 12. Matthew 11 and verse 12. Uh, There's a verse, you don't hear this preached a lot, but assuredly I say among you, uh, here we go, where am I? Matthew 11, verse 12, yeah. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. Everyone say violence. And the violent take it by force. What on earth is that verse about surely it's not encouraging violence. Well, to see the kingdom of God manifest in our circumstances sometimes will require violence, if you like, force. See, the breaker's anointing speaks of force, it speaks of might, it speaks of energy. You know, violence in the spirit. Breakthrough comes from the, the Hebrew word parat, and the idea of something that bursts out. It's uncontrollable. It shatters. It eradicates. It removes. It bursts through. That's the whole idea of breakthrough. So let's not just see Jesus gentle, Jesus meek and mild, which he is. But he's more than that. He's also a God of power. He's a God of might. He's a God of force. He's a God of energy. He's a God of breakthrough. And sometimes uh, the breakthrough anointing is going to require us pressing in and pushing through and taking what we're after with violence, violence in the spirit. Now, at times in all of our lives, if we want to get to a breakthrough, if you want a breakthrough in your life, sometimes you've got to get to that place where we, we, we can't have that, and that we're going to say, okay, I'm going to get up and I'm going to fight for this thing. You know, we say enough is enough. And you can say, I'm not, I can't sit down, sit back and relax and take it easy. And, you know, she'll be right, mate, because I'm telling you, she won't be right. You got to get up and say, I'm going down to the enemy's camp and I'm going to take back what he's stolen from me. 
I've had enough of this nonsense from you, devil. You've messed with me and my family and the church and this nation long enough. I am ready to fight. I'm standing up and I'm going to do aggressive warfare in the spirit to take back what the enemy has stolen from me. It's no point. We can't just sit back feeling sorry for ourselves, grumbling about our circumstances, the state of the church or the state of the nation. Friends, that won't change anything. How many of you know that grumbling doesn't change anything? Complaining doesn't change anything. Murmuring doesn't change anything. Prayer changes everything. Warfare changes society, changes churches, changes life, changes families, changes circumstances. How many of you have had enough? You know, I've heard enough of some of the stuff that's taking place in our nation, that's for us sure. And so you've got to say in the name of the Lord, I'm going after my son, my job, my health, my finances, my calling in God. I'm going down to the enemy's camp with the armor of God, fearless and full of faith and courage. We don't run from the devil, friends. He runs from us, according to my Bible. The devil doesn't resist us. We resist him and he flees. We don't flee, he flees. Friends, stop fleeing from the devil. Cause him, rise up in Jesus' name and command him to flee. That is the word of God. Ezekiel 21, 22. To set battering, battering rams against the gates. You might want to look up that verse sometimes. God's like a battering ram. Just battering to break through the enemy. See, what prayer is, well, in prayer we're like battering rams. So we're coming against a wall of opposition. So like a battering ram, you're, you know, energized by God, energized by the Spirit. We're, we're battering against this wall of opposition. We're battering against it. And we keep praying and we keep hitting that wall. We keep hitting that wall until there comes a critical mass and the wall breaks and it comes down and God gives us the breakthrough. That's why persistence in prayer is an absolute key. You've got to keep battering the wall. You're going to get discouraged at times. You're going to slacken off at times. You know what? I've discovered this in my life. I'll be up against something. I'll be battling against it, and I'll start seeing victory. You know, and then, uh, then I just slow down in my praying because I've got a bit of a victory, and then sure enough, it raises its ugly head again. Anyone know what I'm talking about? And I, it's the, re- the only reason is that I slowed down in my praying. And so I've got to rise up again and pray again and push through and get the victory. I'll come to that in a few moments uh, very shortly. But some of us, as you're listening this morning, you don't get very inspired by the thought of violence, by the thought of spiritual warfare. You don't get inspired at the thought of fighting. And I think the church, particularly in the West, has lost ground in the area of engaging and understanding spiritual warfare. And yet, friends, Psalm 144 verse 1 says, Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. Friends, we're in a battle. You know, when you become a Christian, this means war. Why don't you say that with me? This means war. Hey, you're a soldier in a battle. You're engaged in the most monumental battle of the ages. Light versus darkness. Heaven versus hell. God versus Satan. You cannot stand in the sidelines and just say, I will leave the devil alone and he'll leave me alone. It doesn't happen, friends. You gotta stand up sometimes and you have to fight. And if we don't fight, we're gonna experience defeat that we should not 
Now, you may think I'm not the warfare type. And I know just some of you sitting there thinking, man, oh, give me a break. Give, you know, this is too tough, Pastor. I'm, I'm, no, I'm no fighter. <clears throat> and you may not think that, well, I've got news for you. And the news is this. Jesus lives in you. The breaker lives in you. The lion of the tribe of Judah lives in you. Our God is a mighty warrior. And the anointing of force and might and battle and breakthrough is in you. The breaker's anointing is in you. We need to acknowledge what is in us and allow it to be released so we can stand up and fight and break through. Friends, some of us really have to learn to engage. Some of the things that you're facing today, I'm sorry, are not just going to go away till you stand up and say, I've had enough. I'm going to engage in some spiritual warfare. You might say, how do I do that? Come on our Thursday nights. Learn how to do it. Come at our hour of power on Sunday nights. Learn how to do it. Because I'm telling you, you need it already. And you're going to need it moving forward. We can't just say, well, I'm just going to forget that side of the Bible. Because we need the whole armor of God. So let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 1. I'm running out of time, so if you want all this message, you'll have to come back at 11. <laughs> and no one does, so that's why I can say it. 1 Samuel 3 verse 1 says this. <clears throat> Where are we? Yeah, the word of the Lord was rare in the, those days. There was no widespread revelation. The word widespread there is parat. In other words, there was no revelation that brings breakthrough. Hmm, interesting, isn't it? So there was a lack of teaching, revelation that goes beyond just tickling the ears, beyond just educating, beyond just another good message, to actually releasing God's power to change lives, cities, communities, families, even nations. See, when people speak with a breaker's anointing, which is what we want more and more, they not only teach, but they release power at the same time for something to happen in the hearts and the lives of the hearers, and hopefully even beyond that. It can transform lives. 1 Corinthians, Paul put it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 4-5. He said, My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That's why it's so good to have our prophets, uh, David and Greta Peter, sitting here because they, they live out this stuff. They don't just preach the word. They demonstrate the power of God. And that's what, that's, that's what, the, the, what it's meant to be all about. And that's what we all want to engage in that realm and going beyond just words. You know, the kingdom of God is not just words. It's power. But I think there's coming dimensions of power now that's going to amaze us. It's going to surprise us. It's going to astound us. There was a pastor who realized that his daughter had been sexually abused on a repeating basis. She seemed normal until she got married and all hell broke loose. The marriage was a disaster as the effects of sexual abuse began to manifest. So the husband and the kids stayed with the father, who was a pastor, and she lived on her own, uh, and, and she went to all the doctors, all the psychiatrists. There was no help whatsoever. She ended up weighing 132 kgs. Father continued to pray, preach faith. He saw incurable sicknesses healed, but there was nothing for him. Sometimes happens, doesn't it? The daughter had given up on the Lord. After 13 years, 
the master of the breakthrough, begins to work. And what happens is this. She reaches out to God. Something happens. She reaches out to God. She makes three decisions. One, she'll no longer blame her father. Two, she'll listen to the doctors, psychiatrists. And three, she'll renew her work, walk with God. She brings her parents to go to church. They're terrified. They think she'll come and wreck the meeting. <clears throat> Over the next months, not sure how many, she is 95% healed. It's so amazing and dramatic. The secular media get a hold of the story. They make a documentary about her and say this kind of recovery does not happen. What the medical profession could not do, the master of the breakthroughs was well able to do. Friends, he is the Lord of the breakthrough. Whatever you're facing today, I want you don't give up. Don't let go. Keep, back, keep that battering ram going. Keep pushing, keep pushing, because I think God is going to energize our prayers more and more. I believe he's going to add to our faithful praying and put his power behind it. And even though it might seem impossible to us, with God's help and his power, we will see incredible breakthroughs moving forward. Let's go to 2 Samuel 5 and verse 20. And I really should be heading to the city right now, but there you go. They'll have to just wait. I'll just do this very quickly. 2 Samuel 5. Are you doing all right out there? Yeah, okay. 5 verse 20 says this. So David went to Baal-perazim and David defeated them there, and he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, we call the name of that place Baalperism, which we know Baalperism means master of the breakthroughs. But the point I want to make here is, friends, David defeated the enemy decisively. And that's what God wants us to do. I don't want to just wound the enemy when he comes against me. I want to destroy him totally, completely, and absolutely so his ugly head does not raise up again. I want to destroy his work. It's not God's will for us to battle the same demons over and over and over over and over again. God wants us to give us decisive victory so the enemy is so shattered he cannot rise again. We want that kind of a victory in our lives. That's what the Lord of the breakthrough does. And that's what we've got to keep pushing through. Remember we shared last week that often partial victory is in that as a seed to a complete victory. So we've got to keep fighting, keep pushing, keep praying, keep driving till the enemy is in a sense just destroyed in that area, annihilated. So you never face that challenge again. Who would like to see that happen in your situation? Defeat the enemy decisively, not just partially Lester Sumrall, who ministered in the power of God, tells the story of a very famous girl in the Philippines named Carlita Villanueva. She was in prison cell in Manila and being bitten by demons right in front of her captors. <clears throat> because she was so famous, was on the radio, the press in Manila, the world press carried the story. She was being bitten to insanity by demons. It's a terrible story. The mayor of Manila was shaken by the hopelessness of the doctors in this case. But Lester Summerall was a man who ministered in the power of God. And he tells a story. He finally got permission to go in and pray for this girl. So he went in there. And friends, with the breaker's anointing, he cast out the devils. And Carlita was completely healed and set free by God's power. The breaker's anointing will defeat your enemy decisively. So you can minister with or without the breaker's anointing. You can pray with or without the breaker's anointing. And I think we're coming into a season now where God is saying we, He wants us all to minister with a breaker's anointing, not just play church and do religious things, but to minister so lives are changed, communities are transformed, hopefully cities are impacted, and eventually our whole nation 
touched by the power of God. It's time for the church to seek more of God's power, a greater breaker's anointing. We desperately need it, don't we, church? We need to see massive breakthroughs in the areas of healing of cancer, diabetes, heart disease, mental illness, depression, addictions, marriages, finances, family and friends being saved, and on and on it goes. So where do you need your breakthrough? If the musicians would please come. The breaker's anointing is for everyone, but it's also in every one of us. It's in you. It's in me. It's in all of us. And we need that breaker's anointing to change the atmosphere over our city, over our nation, and to see the kingdom of God advance and New Zealand turn to Jesus. That's the passion of my heart, friends. I'm after this city, I'm after this nation, we're after the nations, but we need more power than we've got right now. We've got to be realistic. Don't be discouraged in what you're facing. Please don't give up. Why? God loves you. He loves you. He's your father. He cares about you. I reckon more than you care about yourself. I reckon he's more concerned about your situation than you're concerned about it. Because his capacity for compassion is so much greater. They say he died of a broken heart. That's how deeply God can be moved. And he's moved by your situation. He's moved by your pain. He's moved by your struggle. He's moved by your trial. So don't give up. If God be for us, who can be against us? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Let's exercise faith. Let's reach out to God. It's time for the church to step into a greater breakthrough anointing. And it's time for you to break through in Jesus' name. Amen.